This is the Rich Eisen Show. Talking about worst of first. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. AFC Jets 61% over the Browns. 17% Broncos, 14%. Guess who I voted for in that poll? I mean, you should have voted for the Jets. I did not. I voted for the Browns. Today's guests, three-time Super Bowl champion Mark Schlereth, University of Texas head coach Steve Sarkeesian, Pro Football Hall of Famer Steve Hutchinson, Giants general manager Joe Shane. And now, it's Rich Eisen. Yes, indeed. Welcome to this edition of the Rich Eisen Show live in Los Angeles, California on the Roku channel. This Rich Eisen Show terrestrial radio affiliate. Sirius XM Odyssey. We say hello to our podcast listeners listening whenever they want. It is your right to do so. 844-204-RICH is the number to dial right here on our program. We've got four guests for you. Joe Shane, the uh, general manager of the uh, New York football giants who, uh, um, you know, has put together uh, uh, an interesting team. And uh, (laughs) is it the very, is it the very forefront of the whole conversation on the running back front? Uh, he is uh, kind enough to uh, take our phone call in hour number three. I would stay tuned for that one. Um, before that, we've got the head coach of University of Texas football. Horns up for our friend Steve Sarkeesian back on this program. Uh, Quinn Ewers has uh, no mullet, and Arch Manning has a uh, card that will one day give T.J. Jefferson a boat. Um, do we bring that up with T, do it, TJ? Do we bring that up with Sark? What do you think? Yeah, just in case he had any plans of maybe sitting Arch or not giving him enough playing time. Well, I just want him to realize there's a bigger picture. I don't think Arch is playing this year. I don't think that's the that, plan. I don't think Arch is playing this year. Barring injury, it's Quinn Ewers' show. That's the way it seems yeah, like in the awesome. final year for yeah. uh, the uh, Texas Longhorns in Big 12 football. But uh, the candle's lit and the boat is not yet in the slip for TJ not Jefferson. Yet, good yet. to see you over good there. Morning, folks. Uh, Chris Brockman, good to see you on this very good day. It's uh, and uh, DJ Mikey D is in D's nuts is waiting for some sort of mini fridge to show to his house. <laughs> so Jay, Jay Felly, Jason Felly, hey, good to see you here. Good to see you, Rich. Uh, you bet. Uh, our first guest is Mark Schlereth, going to be joining us uh, on this show. Uh, and another offensive lineman, uh, Steve Hutchinson, my Hall of Fame friend from the University of Michigan back in the day, the uh, Seattle Seahawk and Minnesota Viking. Uh, together, uh, we'll be uh, on this show, and uh, I'm basically calling him to see if he has arranged for the party bus that uh, that uh, he uh, put me on last year with uh, his fellow 2020 class of uh, Hall of Famers um, on that uh, bus. I need to see if he's got that. I, basically, this is a social call. Gotcha. Oh, what you advance. need to do, Rich, is make sure he got some security set up for you because mm. if what happens, what I think <laughs> is going to happen, you might need some help getting out of OHIO. Well, you know what? Um, I'm, I'm expecting some fireworks Friday night uh, when I host the jacket dinner tomorrow night um, in Ohio. Um, so lots, uh, lots going on here. Just be safe, bro. Just be uh, safe. Uh, speaking of, uh, Canton, Ohio, tonight. This football game we played. The Jets and the Browns. Let's go. That's right. Jets and the Browns inside the stadium. Across the street from the juicer that's now been a much larger complex. <laughs> the uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame. So. Um, Love it. Tom Benson Stadium. Jets versus Browns. Let's go. Let's go. Come on. What can we read into it? I don't know. I mean, it's well. Here's what we're going to read Kellen into Mond it. Bond and Zach Wilson. Here's what we're going to read into it. <laughs> but, we're going to read everything into it. It'll be a, it'll be a, a camera, 
fixed on Aaron Rodgers the entire game. According to Rich Samini of uh, ESPN, who covers the Jets, said, uh, look out for Rodgers to wear a headset tonight. He wants to call plays. Oh, It looks like, you know, Nathaniel Hackett's going to say, hey, buddy, thanks for having my back this week. Here's a headset. You want to call plays? Go for it. It is Aaron Rodgers' world, and we're all just paying rent as Jets fans, and the Jets organization has handed everything off to this guy. Now, there was no list, apparently, of players he wanted to have tonight in the Hall of Fame game. (laughs) I don't think we're going to see many of the guys that came to come play with Aaron Rodgers and Alan Lazard and Randall Cobb. I would suggest we just, let's not see him. Let's not see him for, uh, for another couple weeks at the very least. Uh, There'll be no Garrett Wilson tonight. Speaking of OH, um, he will be uh, no doubt sitting there watching. But the conversation will surround Zach Wilson. Deshaun Watson will be there as well. I'm sure there'll be a camera on him. Joe Thomas is going to the Hall of Fame. There'll be Browns fans all over the place. It'll be a fun night. But really, uh, it's it's Zach Wilson's first game since the disastrous Thursday night affair against the Jacksonville Jaguars that wrapped up the Amazon Prime season. Um, That was, for us Jets fans, on Amazon Prime, something that we would uh, return to sender. (laughs) That box that comes to the house, new house, who dis? Send it back. Send it back. Don't want to see it anymore. (laughs) I I I think I came out on the air and it said his time in New York is done. Mm -hmm. And it, it, it was done as a starting quarterback that night until Aaron Rodgers came up on the screen and Aaron Rodgers, as we all know, I hear you. I see you on my Twitter feed, all you trolls and haters and those who might be at the 10 o'clock position from my chair as well. Yeah, that's you. You're 10 o'clock. Oh, that's two o'clock over there. Two o'clock is you're an underrated troll. You you yeah you troll me and say I'm just a nice guy. I don't I mean, troll. Now look, I understand. I'm putting it out there, and I'm not saying this is a Super Bowl season. I'm not saying. I'd even say the other day when we had a poll question, the likeliest AFC team going from last place to first. I said it would be the Browns, the team that the Jets are playing tonight. But did you mean it? I did because I think the Bills are still the AFC East team to beat. I think they've gotten better. So yeah. I just wanted to put that out there when I now give you the ultimate best case scenario for my guy, Aaron Rodgers, <laughs> for the New York Jets. This is the best case scenario. Okay? Here it is. Zach Wilson tonight just shows you all the things, even though he's going against a bunch of guys that might be working at your local supermarket there in Ohio later on in September. He wings it around and he looks great. And then we start thinking about what happens after Rodgers leaves and puts a trophy in the case. You betcha. Aaron Rodgers is already talking that way. He's already envisioning Zach Wilson on the straight and narrow. This is what he had to say about uh, his apprentice, his protege. Yes. His Watson, you know? (laughs) Here we go. Check it out. He's played really, really well in camp. You guys have watched it, and he's made a number of great throws. Uh, He looks confident. His fundamentals, I think, are improving. He's throwing the ball on time because he's got all the other intangibles. He can run. He can move. He can throw on the move. He can throw no-look passes. Um, It's just going to be a good reset for him, and I think he'll look back years from now and be really thankful for for this time to – 
to grow, to reset, to take a breath, and that's going to set him up for a nice long career in the league. There you go. Nice long career in the league. Doing what exactly? Playing quarterback. <laughs> no looking. Hey, look, we all knew. Coming in, we all knew. We all knew. We all knew. Remember that throw he made at his pro day at BYU? Oh, yeah, like roll, I said, the roll left bomb. Yeah, hey. Like I said yesterday, you can't take those out of context. He has created a pro day moment that every other quarterback has since tried to replicate. Anthony Richardson literally did it Correct. two days ago. <laughs> well, I'm just saying. Now, here's the thing. You don't want some guy to say, hey, I created the pro day throw. <laughs> you want him to make that throw on Super Sunday like Jalen Hurts did against the Chiefs. Rolling one right way and throwing back the other way and putting it where only his Pro Bowl receiver and A.J. Brown can go get it. True. You know what I'm saying? I feel you. So this is it. If Aaron Rodgers can come to – I'm just screwed. I'm going to say it. If Aaron Rodgers can come <laughs> – I'm going to say it. Go ahead. You make it so easy for me. It's Hall of Fame Thursday. It's Hall of Fame Thursday. Football's back and I'm feeling it. Hopping on the sprint. All right. So everybody just back off and let me just do this. I can feel it. Thank you. If Aaron Rodgers can come to New York, win a Super Bowl or two, and then say, I'm done. My work is done here. It's Zach Wilson's turn. And they have Zach Wilson on a second contract there that's not going to break the bank at all because Zach Wilson still hasn't proven himself. If he leaves the situation where Zach Wilson now has learned from the guy who he can make the off-platform throw, the no-look throw, and, and be the pro that he can be, if Rodgers is actually now in a situation where he is mentoring a kid that he knows is not really pushing him, He's already there. He went to a spot where the kid's already there. Last spot, he's like, hey, I'm just sitting around on a draft night, sitting around in a pandemic, and uh, all of a sudden my phone rings. Like, what the hell? You know? I'm, uh, I'm, I'm two fingers into a drink, and I'm finding out Jordan Love's coming to my spot. What the hell's going on? This guy is like, I'm happy that the kid's here because I'm here. The team wants me here. I want to be here. I've got my guys here. Uh, I feel good to be here. Let me win a couple Super Bowls coach him up and then Zach Wilson looks like the Zach Wilson that the Jets wanted to have and off we go he's on the straight and narrow and then Zach wins the Super Bowl that's it honestly like that's the powerball right there right now yeah the one and right now hold on a second right now right now we're holding a ticket right now we're holding a ticket Rogers we've got one ball one, one ball. ball. One, one ball, ball, which what, two bucks? I get two bucks? Two bucks for a ticket. There you go. Yeah, two bucks for I got two dollars in my pocket. Yeah. First half of the season, maybe a couple balls hit. Right? Then two more balls hit. Now we win the Super Bowl. Powerball. Then Zach Wilson becomes the man because he learns from Rogers. He's taking a breath. Rogers is talking about him breathing. Do we have that sound bite too? <laughs> we have that one? Because Rodgers isn't just show, teaching him how to throw and how to be a pro. He's teaching him how to breathe. <laughs> Don't laugh. That's important. Chris, you try, and, you try and not breathe properly. Yeah, I guess that's hard to do. Yeah. It's hard. It's difficult. Are you trying to not breathe properly right now? You're just covering your mouth because you can't believe I'm saying these things. Hey, Rodgers, teach him how to breathe. Go for it. As much as anything, I, I hope that this time for him is, is like a deep – 
inhale and exhale. Mm. And he can really like take a breath and pause and uh, deal with the, sit with the disappointment of last year and the frustration and then channel it. Uh, and I feel like he has, but just rechannel it to a, to a positive and focus on the opportunity in front of him uh, to learn with a guy who loves him and cares about him and wants him to be great and wants him to do uh, incredible things every day and to, and to get better. And then just go be himself and, and look at this as a, a, a chance to reset. Jack Handy. Jack Handy. Deep thoughts. Is Rogers charging Zach Wilson 200 an hour for practice? I don't know. I think this is free of charge. It's on the arm. Sounds like his therapist. Pal, it's on the arm. You inhale and exhale it's too on the much. Arm. You'll be peeing in a cup. So tonight, <laughs> what I'm saying to you, what I'm saying to you, the ultimate, the ultimate in what this can possibly be, on one hand, Aaron Rodgers pulls the Jets out of the half century of the football gods kicking him in the Nards morass. <laughs> Leads him to the promised land. And with the other hand, rises up Zach Wilson from his last performance against the Jacksonville Jaguars where he was left for dead by all of us and Jets fandom. Rises him up. Teaches him how to breathe and throw and play and be a pro. And then Zach wins another one. That starts tonight. In it's Canton, not a lie. Uh-uh. If, if you believe In it. Canton, Ohio. Rogers, you know what he should do is on the sideline, just turn around and look at that building where he's going in. Five years after he decides to leave the Jets with a trophy or two in the case. <laughs> and then uh, Zach Wilson. He'll turn around, take a look at that building and go, maybe, just maybe. Because last year, <laughs> he would need a ticket to get in there. He didn't know how to breathe. He didn't know how to breathe. <laughs> yes. Wow. That's what we call a show open. And it starts tonight. I'm pulling for you. No, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're not. No, you're not. He really isn't. Somebody's car alarm going off. Yeah. Did I set yeah. off an alarm? Yeah. Someone's. That stake is so hot. It started melting. It started melting alarms. Okay. We have to check the structure uh, of this building. Mark Schlereth is first up. Let's talk about the Broncos, who uh, whose coach elevated Jets at Broncos week five to the marquee. Let's do it. As my brother told me, uh, my brother Jeff, uh, lawyer to the stars here in Los Angeles, California, he goes, if that game was a 4.05 Eastern start time, it's now 4.25. Yeah. Push back a little bit. Don't you think? Hold on a minute. Let me see. Push, push back. Let Mar- me see. Marquee. Let me see. Game. Let me see. Jets at Broncos is currently slated for a four twenty five start. Oh, they knew. So oh. the rent stays like before on CBS. Romo and Nance can just set up shop in whatever five star hotel CBS puts them in. Leave it. Rip the knob off. Mark Schlereth. We've got uh, Steve Hutchinson. Steve Sarkeesian, two Steves. It's uh, our two Steve. Steve and Steve. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, and then uh, Joe Shane of the uh, New York Giants. And then uh, in the commercial break, uh, Feli, can you go get the alarm off in your sports car that's going off right I, now? You know what it sounds like, man. Is that I was <laughs> <laughs> it's feeling my keys in my pocket. Okay, like, here you go. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back and hope that uh, Jason Feller's uh, car is not uh, broken into. Mark Schlereth, when we come back right here on The Rich Eisen Show. <laughs> 
Hey, folks, it's time for the NFL draft, which means for me, I need a good night's sleep because if I don't have one, I'm just not myself. You know the deal. You know exactly how important it is to have quality sleep. It's a game changer for all of us. So Sleep Number helps me. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's setting is 70. We both get a great night's sleep because we could adjust the firmness of our mattress on each side. Improve your quality sleep because Sleep Number learns how you sleep thanks to their smart beds and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs costs all in before you purchase so all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for twenty dollars off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed Okay, we're back here. So, uh, whose car was it? Huh? Whose uh, car was it? it? It appeared that it was none of ours. Yeah, it was on the second or third so. floor. It was a little higher up in the parking garage. All right. But the funny thing is, I looked out. There was like four people scrambling around, making sure it wasn't. <laughs> yeah, there. a lot of people had the our idea. A lot of people started running around. Is it me? Is it yeah, me? Is it me? All right. It's me. I'm the problem. What's your best case scenario for this football season? For the Pats? Yeah, winning it all? No, I don't think that's realistic. Um, I think winning a playoff game is probably the best case scenario. Okay. Six seed, seven seed, fifth seed? Something like that, yeah. I mean, maybe win 11 games, uh, get the fifth seed, yeah. and uh, win that first playoff game. I think that's probably best case. Zeke takes over the, the, um, the role of Ramondre, who's sitting around wondering why he's not getting reps. Right no, I, no, I don't think that's it all. I don't think that's it at all. I think okay. they're a compliment. I think Zeke does get a lot of red zone touches. Okay, there we go. If he gets signed, when does he? When does he? When does he I arrive? Think, I think Juju maybe has about twelve hundred yards. Okay, maybe Gasecki has about eight touchdowns, something like that. And then Mac Jones is the one who's throwing it. I think Mac Jones is going to have a really good year. You can already see it. Uh, guys talking. Uh, this guy Demario Douglas has been a nice, uh, nice addition in the okay. offense. Maybe, okay. Maybe Tyquan finally gets healthy for a whole season. What if the Patriots start winging it around? What if Bill O'Brien comes out of the box and Max got like a 4,000-yard season yeah. in him? I think that's possible. I think he has that in him. We saw it at Alabama. Just need a quick game going. That's all. I think the quick game is going to be great. I think the defense is going to be top five, maybe it'll, top three. Dude, it, all, it, it always is. It's always defense top ten. Defense is really good. Well, defense is always good. I mean, Matt Judon had a case for defensive player, player of the year last, last year. year like, he was yeah. awesome. Yeah, exactly. So. All right. Best case, yeah. 11 wins, win a playoff game. Okay. Very good. It's on for that. Very good. Later on, we'll talk about the Dallas Cowboys. 
Let's go. Because that's what we have to do, right? I mean, it's <laughs> mandatory. It's what we have to do. All right, back here on the Rich Eisen Show Radio Network. I am sitting at the Rich Eisen Show desk furnished by Granger with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger has the right product for you. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Back here on the program, our friend from Fox Sports and a multiple Super Bowl champ, none other than Mark Schlereth here on the Rich Eisen Show. How are you doing, Mark? I'm doing great, Rich. How are you, buddy? I'm, I'm doing great. So, uh, you know, with Sean Payton pissing off Jets fans, I had to go for the Bronco who leads the league in pissing off Jets fans. So I had to call you up, Mark. You know, well, I appreciate that. You know what? You know, Sean Payton are kindred spirits that way. Yeah, you know what I mean? Although I haven't seen him actually put his Super Bowl ring on his middle finger and tweet it out. I haven't seen that one yet. But, you know, maybe right. you should count. Maybe you should coach him up, Mark. You know? Yeah, I know. I can give him some pointers on how to really piss them off. This. Well, week five, Broncos Jets really, uh, really shot up the marquee in the last week, don't you think? In yeah, all seriousness, didn't it, though, I'm, I mean, it's it's exciting, you know. And I and I get like I get Sean Payton from the standpoint of you know getting a little full of himself and uh, and you know and saying some things that probably um, are all true, but uh, just things you don't normally do. Um, but that's Sean Payton. Like he just, I, I think he just gives zero. You know what's about what anybody else thinks, and I think it was a way to support his quarterback and um, and to let people here know that he's got their back. And I think that that part that part I totally understand. There's probably a better way to do it than the way he did it, but you know he doesn't seem to uh, be too upset about it and unapologetic for what he said. So di- let's dive into the uh, caping for Russ part of uh, of this, the three dimensional chess that we always ascribe to a coach. Um, who who does mean what he says, but also says something to try and uh, support or talk through the media. What, what what do you think he was doing there with Russ? Yeah, I think there's I think there's part of it. You know, here in Denver locally, um, you know, Russ is obviously taking a beating, and he played absolute garbage football last year. I mean, it was really bad. And I'm not saying that Nathaniel Hackett wasn't a part of that because he was. But there were a lot of other circumstances that were going on. I mean, when you come into an organization and you hire a quarterback and you make that big trade, and then you say, oh, by the way, you get to do whatever it is you want to do. You get to have your own office. You get to have your own quarterback coach that comes into the facility and sits and studies with you. You have all these other things that are happening um, that really, to me, put Nathaniel Hackett in an unenviable position. Mm-hmm. I mean, it really you emasculated the guy before he even had a chance to coach because he truly wasn't in charge. And I always say this just about you know, just about organizations in general, Rich. It's one thing to appoint a guy a coach. It's another thing to empower a guy a coach. And that dude was never empowered to be the head coach. As a matter of fact, I mean, I reached out to him week six and said, hey, listen, man, if you don't get your stuff together, you're going to get fired. Like, this is, this is that bad. Um, and we have that kind of relationship. But, yeah, I don't ever think Nathaniel Hackett was truly empowered to, to coach this team. And, um, and you know what, it just kind of spiraled out of control. So I know one thing about Sean, and I've had a lot of conversations with Sean over the years, um, just about game planning and how you go about, you know, doing that and trying to, you know, take something from him to use in my own career as a broadcaster. And one of the things he said to me that really resonated just a couple of years ago mm-hmm. that we sat down and had this meeting, and I said, you know, what is the, what is the key to game planning? If you are doing what I was doing, he just said, from my standpoint, there are a lot of young coaches – that look at a juicy matchup, and they're like, oh, my God, I just got to go after that matchup. You know, that, that's a great matchup for us. 
But in doing that, sometimes you expose your own weaknesses. And he said, my first responsibility as a coach is to mitigate my own weakness. So if I see a juicy matchup, but I know it puts my right tackle in a position that he can't win, I have to get away from that. And a lot of young coaches will like, will say, hey, man, we just got to hold up. We just got to hold up. And, you know, the third time they try to go after that matchup, it's a strip sack, fumble, touchdown the other way, and you end up losing by three. And he goes, those are the things that, that always entice young coaches, the things you have to learn as a coach, is to mitigate your own disaster first. That's the number one priority. And I think, you know, Nathaniel Hackett and a lot of young coaches get caught up in that. Well, I mean, obviously, if you just want to, you know, DN, you know, I guess dissect last year, um, you know, the, the, the week one where Russ was actually cooking – and we thought, okay, the Russ in Seattle is showing up in Denver, uh, and Hackett knows how to dial it up with him. And then all of a sudden, out comes McManus for a ninety-yard field goal, right? And and, right. and 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 then and then red zone turnovers that were not Hackett's fault start coming up a cropper, and then their top running back blows out his knee, and things start devolving, right? But the whole yeah. the whole the whole um, you know office on the second floor stuff. When I read about that, I was so surprised because Russ should know better, right? Like, if I, if he's going to have a space above the locker room and the Broncos say yes, that creates a hierarchy that blows up chemistry on the spot. Certainly, if you're not going to start winning football games, too. Uh, I, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, it's amazing what you can get away with or what people will put up with when you're winning, um, and how how scrutinized you become when things aren't going your way and you're not and you're not winning. So yeah, it's one of those things that everybody kind of just looks side eyed at and go, Really? Like like we're scoring fourteen points a game or thirteen points a game, you know, we're we're just kicking field goals and that's you know, that's kind of where we are right now. You've got your own office to come up with uh, you know, a losing a game twelve to nine. No thank you. <laughs> right, exactly. So I guess the reason why I'm bringing it all up now is because, you know, Sean Payton actually did dredge it up a little bit last week or a considerable amount. So the, the two questions I have for you, uh, Mark Schlereth here on the Rich Eisen Show, is there anything you, you, you'd be willing to share about your conversation week six last year with Hackett? How did he respond when you called him up and say, hey, man, this is red alert time? How did he respond? Yeah, you, you know, we had we had these conversations. One thing I will say about Nathaniel Hackett and um, – I really like Nathaniel Hackett, and I think he's a damn good coach, um, last year notwithstanding. Um, one thing that he never did, not one time, was put one of his coaches, one of his players, um, he, never, he never threw anybody under the bus. He accepted full responsibility for what was going on, and, um, and never in all my conversations with him, uh, even here recently, as recently as a couple of days ago, has he ever thrown anybody under the bus? He has taken full responsibility for everything that went down. And it's one thing I always have appreciated about him. Um, but, you know, we were, we had that a very honest relationship back and forth with one another about, Hey dude, like, like you, you got to take, you know, you got to take control. Like, uh, it, like I always felt like this, Rich, if I was ever coaching, if I was going to get fired or things weren't going well, I was going down swinging. Um, you know, it's going to go, it's, it's going to be on me. And at the end of the day, you know, I, I had the same approach as a player. Hey, man, if I wasn't good enough, um, then that that's one thing. But I was going to control everything that I could control. And uh, it wasn't going to be a lack of effort, lack of preparation, lack of study, lack of anything. It was just going to be that I sucked. And I think I can live with I sucked, right? 
the one thing I didn't want to walk away from the game is going, gosh, I wish I would have. Like, I can honestly sit here and tell you, I could never, ha- I couldn't have worked out any harder. I couldn't have studied anymore. I, there's nothing I could do. I was never late to a meeting. I never missed a meeting. I never missed anything. And it was one of those situations is if I wasn't good enough, I can live with that. But it, I was never going to cost myself a job based upon work ethic or, or you know, those things. So I, I wanted to walk away with a thing with zero regrets, and I was able to do that. Well, and then my second question for you, Mark, is uh, we are obviously in full-blown training camp season, which is full-blown, we're better than last year. We're going to be better than last year's season. So how about this scenario with Sean Payton and Russ and and um, and the Denver Broncos for 2023? Well, how, how will it be different, do you think? Well, I think, I think the thing that you'll see under Sean is one, and he said this the other day, my quarterback, I'm not going to have him play off the high dive consistently. Meaning we're going to play really good defense. We're going to run the ball. We'll set up our run action, play action, as well as our play action stuff. And a lot of those things, like you can design a game plan to essentially create, you know, 12, 14, pretty easy, pretty simple completions every single game if you are on that page. And Sean, I think one thing, you know, Sean has always been a really good designer of football plays, but the one thing that I've come away with uh, knowing Sean, and I actually um, I actually consulted for Sean's staff a couple of years ago in the run game. So one thing I know about Sean is that Sean is going to mitigate your own issues. Sean is not going to ask you to do things you can't do well. And, um, and he'll devise a game plan that really essentially leans on defense, leans on the running game, and opens up that play-action stuff for Russ and, and for this offense. So, you know, there's a difference. I always say the difference between calling plays and calling an offense. And those are two really different things. When you call an offense and you tie everything together and everything looks similar and plays one off the other, then all of a sudden you have a chance to really simplify the game for your players and really help your players have success. And I think Sean is one of the exceptional guys at doing that, and I think that's why this team and this organization is going to be a heck of a lot better with his coaching. Mark Schlereth here on the Rich Eisen Show, Fox Sports analyst, uh, game analyst, and three-time Super Bowl champion here on the program. Uh, I'm sure you are well aware of the conversation about the running back market and what's going on with Jonathan Taylor. Josh Jacobs still hasn't come in from the cold. Saquon Barkley's general manager, uh, Joe Shane, will be on the program in hour number three. So many people pinpointing your Shanahan teams, brother. As the uh, as the origin of running backs becoming replaceable, and you can just run a thousand yards in any system, and it's now twenty something years later coming home to roost for running backs. Even though uh, Mike's kid uh, employs the highest paid one currently, uh, what's your two cents on um, on the Shanahan offense from back in the day, leading to the present situation with the running backs? Mark? Yeah, I mean, obviously, Mike. You know, it was. Terrell Davis going for 1,100, then 1,400, then 1,700, then 2,000 getting injured. Olanis Gary coming in and rushing for 1,200. Then the next, him getting injured. Mike Anderson coming in and running for 1,400. You know, the year that Mike Anderson had 1,400, TD would have had 2,000. Mm-hmm. So, like, there is a difference. There's no question. But it has become more of, as you know, a running back by committee, more of a specialization of that running back position. And, frankly, I don't have a lot of sympathy. Um you know what? You signed the collective bargaining agreement. The, you 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 gave the franchise tag. You did. A, you you negotiate things like 
uh, less practice time. And, um, you know, you negotiate stupid stuff. That's, I mean, hey, I'm, I'm part of that. I'm guilty, right? I was a player, too. So understand it. You negotiate stupid stuff. They know you're going to negotiate stupid stuff. It doesn't really matter. Um, and that's your own fault. And as far as, you know, the running backs, you know, having a stupid Zoom meeting and all complaining and whining about it, it is what it is. That's the market. And that's how market economics work. So quit complaining about it. I don't remember any of the star running backs at the time standing up on their podiums uh, complaining about how unfair it is that the fullbacks were becoming extinct as long as they were getting there. So, like, I don't really want to hear it. It's, it's the market. Take the money that's available to you. Go out there and play great. I, you know, whatever. I, just, I don't have any sympathy, empathy, any of the, uh, any of the fees. Like, none of the fees bother me. Like, I, I, don't, I don't care. Wow, Mark. I got to tell you, I wasn't expecting that response here, um, you know, because uh, you, you see how important these guys are. You did point out how TD could have get sure. run for 2000s when somebody else didn't, uh, wasn't, wasn't, wouldn't have been as productive. But so my pushback there would be you see guys at, at positions like receiver, tight end getting paid better than running backs. They shouldn't try and go out and get theirs, Mark? No, of, of course they should. They, you should get as much as you can get. But the bottom line is that's what the market is right now. And the one thing that has proven true over the years is that probably the easiest position in football to come out of college, transition to the NFL, and be great is the running back position. And we've seen it like a guy like what was Pacheco last year, a seventh-round pick that usurped the first-round pick and became much better. So we've seen this on a consistent basis with guys that are drafting the second, the third, fourth round becoming stars. Um, and so, it, you know, it's the nature of the position right now. And, and the running back position is just not one that, that one, they, they value as much because other guys can come in for a much cheaper price and have production. And then, two, um, the injury issues. You know, even Jonathan Taylor, who's complained about his salary, I do remember him being hurt some last year, and it's it is. I mean, I, I I always joke around. I picked up a fumble once as a rookie, you know, that I created after a sack and ran with it, and thought I was going to score a touchdown and got snot clobbered by about four guys at once. And you start to realize that that ball attracts a lot of attention, and there's a reason those guys don't last long term. Mark Schlereth here on the Rich Eisen Show. Couple minutes left with uh, with the three time Super Bowl champ. Um, Joe Thomas going in this weekend. What's so impressive about his career to you, Mark? Oh, like the guy was always just a phenomenal player. The knowledge of the game, the way he set people up, the way he took advantage, um, you know, of, of one his knowledge of the game and the way he played, the importance the game had in his life, and the fact that he did it year in and year out at a top level as good as anybody that's ever done it, and played for a team and an organization that just didn't have a lot of success. Like, I understand how much fun the game is. Uh, you know, when you're winning, you have a chance to go to the playoffs and you've got a chance to, you know, play in Super Bowls and, and how fortunate, you know, I was in my career. But I also know how miserable it is when you're not winning and you don't have a chance on Sundays to win. Mm. And I've been on those teams, too. And to play at the level that he played at over the course of time that he played, I mean, it was 10,000-some-odd straight snaps. The guy was phenomenal just phenomenal and to do it 
you know, when you weren't having a lot of success, um, is a testament just to his not not only toughness, but just to his love of the game. So I have a lot of appreciation for Joe Thomas as a player. How, who, who from your teams should be in? Pound a table. That's not in. Uh, oh, Joe Jacoby. Joe Jacoby should be uh, an NFL Hall of Famer. He was great. Uh, Mike Shanahan should be in. There's no question in my mind. I mean, a lot of what we see in the NFL today, Rich, the 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 base of what we see in the NFL today with a majority of the teams is really the Mike Shanahan West Coast slash zone running game that he coupled together. Um, and you see it through McVay. You see it through Kyle. You see it through Mike McDaniels. You see it through uh, Matt LaFleur. You see, I, I mean, there's a bunch of teams that are running those. Kevin O'Connell, they're all the, the root of that, the, the, basic, the, the basic root of that offense or all those offenses is Mike Shanahan. So it's a, it's a huge part of what the NFL is today all these years later, and he definitely should be in the Hall of Fame. Well, I'd, I'd love to see him go in just for the mere fact that the bronze bust would be his actual skin color. You know what I mean? That would be pretty cool. <laughs> um, that I, would be awesome. I got another we one for you. Him, we used to call him the fire marshal bull. Yeah. <laughs> Only behind his, Rich, only behind his back, though. Oh, of course. All right. Yeah. Very good. You don't, you're, 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 you know, you're playing with fire, obviously, uh, right. figuratively, yeah. literally right there. I got another one. How about Rod Smith? How about him? He should go in, yeah. don't you think? Yeah, Rod, yeah Rod, was, Rod was incredible. And, and Rod was one of those guys, like I always say about Rod, that dude, like he would throw a block, and we come out of film, like mm. after a game. So Monday, we come out of film. He could have seven catches for 122 yards and three touchdowns. And he'd be like, Did you guys see it? Did you see it? Did you see me peel back on you know, that nose guard and knock him ass over tea kettle? Like, that's what Rod would be excited about. He, right. he couldn't care less about the touchdowns. Um, and, you know, he's such a pivotal part of that running back success that we had all those years on top of being. Just a top-flight player and a just a wonderful human being. Undrafted as well. Undrafted. Yeah. You know, the Hall yep. should put more undrafted players in. Um, so uh, before I let you go, do you have your first assignment, your week one? Where, where are you going? Yeah, I've, I'm really excited. This is going to be great. I've got Arizona at Washington for, uh, okay. you know, the, the welcome back Washington to the National Football <laughs> League after uh, – the turd that is Daniel Snyder got bounced from the league. So I am really excited. I got people reaching out to me. They are so uh, on the Washington bandwagon right now. Yeah. Like, uh, welcome back to the NFL, guys. So welcome back. I, I, is, is Sam Howell's going to start that day, you think? You'll be talking about Sam Howell versus Colt I, McCoy, obviously. Yeah. And uh, Okay. Yeah, I, I, do, I do believe that's what's going to go down. Okay. Very good. And the uh, will it be an official detertification moment before the game? I don't know. That's an interesting uh, idea, right there, Mark. Right, right. Okay. I'd like, I think that's the way it's going to go. They're going to deter that place. Deter, awesome. deterred the place. Uh, thanks again uh, for the time, Mark. Let's do this more often. Always enjoy our chats. Uh, have a great week one. If I don't speak with you beforehand. Thanks again. Anytime, Rich. And, uh, hey, man, I mean this. I love you, brother. Right back Appreciate at you. you. Right back at you. That's right Mark Schlereth right there. New York Jet fan favorite. Right there on the the Rich Eisen show. Wow! Quit crying, man. He will not be quit to the crying. Next running back zoom. No, he's. Let me tell you that. He's not getting that, that confirmation code. He did not like the Zoom idea. Once again, someone else who agrees with me.
Which is what? It is. Come on, man. Then let's just get rid of the position altogether. Then let's no, just, that's not know, it. If that's it, let's come just on. Not use running we're gonna, we're gonna, we need to save three, four, five million dollars here. We're just not gonna do. We're not paying the kid. Andrew Luck, thanks for the memories. You, you know, you retired. Or we pay owe, your quarterbacks you owe, you owe accordingly, us, and we you have take, money for running backs. We could take twenty-five million back from you, but no, you keep it. Do you see he's, uh, uh, you, I mean, how does Jonathan Taylor feel about the story in the New York Post that apparently Jim Irsay, and by the way, great, I, I think it's wonderful he wants to take, uh, uh, do you see that he, an orca whale that's currently living in Miami trying to take it across the country and release the, the whale in, in his native Pacific or her native Pacific Ocean? 20 million bucks he's going to spend on that. That's what Ursay's worried about right now on the Dude, e- on no, the I'm not of- saying you, this could be something that's happening over the last few weeks. Well, but his running back is under contract. He shouldn't have to worry about him. I get it. I get it. And it's a it's a brutal world. Apparently though they're not going to NFI him. There was a deep dive, a little deep dive on this it's issue on espn.com today. Maybe oh. we'll talk about it a little later. Nice. I read that a few minutes before going on the air because I'm a lead pipe wielding professional. He didn't take your advice to like come up lame after he got hit. That's Ooh, my arm! Oh, that's yeah. he, he hasn't gotten he, out there oh, yet. He's still so right about that. He's man. still sitting out. He's <laughs> holding in. They should just trade him. He's not going to play. Just trade him. You know what? To who? The Patriots ain't going to happen. No way. And I'm not exclamation point. No way. Eight four four two zero four. Rich number to dial here on the Rich Eisen Show. We've got uh, two Steves coming up. Uh, that's the first, by the way, Mark Schlereth, the first of two guards on the program. Oh. Hall of Famer Steve Hutchinson, hour number two. Steve Sarkeesian before him as well. 844-204-RICH, number to dial. Joe Shane of the Giants will be joining us in hour number three. Obviously, lots more just than Saquon going on there, and we'll talk about it with the GM coming up. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people, or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. Where'd the nickname Showtime come from? 
Uh, it was my godfather, Troy Hawkins. Him and my dad, but really him. Every they would watch me play, and I would make the diving plays and stuff like that in baseball. And they said it, it, that I was always it was Showtime when I was on the field, and so they always used to call me Showtime, especially my godfather, Latroy. Latroy Hawkins. That is a name I have not heard in a while. Yeah. yeah. Okay, Patrick. Um, look, I appreciate you calling in here greatly. And I appreciate the text exchange that I had with you the other day <laughs> where you were gentle in rejecting my suggestion to give you a new nickname of the Patrol. I really appreciate that, Patrick. <laughs> it, was, it was a good idea. I, mean, I just kind of was playing down the nicknames as much as possible as I, uh, at that point. So it's okay. Great. So you're saying you're <laughs> saying works for you. No, no, no. Hold on a second. You, you're saying that it's not a judgment on the actual creativity of the nickname it's just you attempting to be humble tamping down any of the accolades right now because you're focused on winning is that what you're saying well yeah i mean just for me in general i mean it's it's all about the football it's all about the team and so i know that the nicknames are a cool thing to do with the social media and everything that's around right now but uh for me, it's all about just being a, a teammate and someone that's just a part of this organization and a part of a team that wants to win. So if you had an ego, let's just, let's just again, let's put it in a box here. You have an ego. You don't care about being humble at all. You're just, you're just pounding your chest. Nickname of the Patrol. Do you like it? <laughs> be honest. Be honest. Uh, I don't know. I've had so, there's been so many nicknames that have came out lately, and uh, I'm just going to kind of keep it at just Patrick right now. You're being polite. I like it. <laughs> How you're being. Yeah, thank you, though. I appreciate it. Oh, God. Not my finest moment. Not going to lie. You can you push back. Move on. Your... You, you. got to move on. Very good. Very good. <laughs> uh, back here on the Rich Eisen Show, 844-204-RICH. Number to dial here on the show. You know what? You know who needs to be uh, caped for? I'm here for that. You okay. know what I do? I cape for people. You do. I'm a professional caper. You're a positive person. I'm a very glass half full guy. Yeah. I don't like the Dak hate right now. Not a fan of it. <laughs> What's going on? Makes no sense. I don't get it. You know, I'm, I'm going to push back. People talk about the man like he's a scrub. I think this is the problem that, that, that he has. Is that he hasn't... When was the last time? Was it, was it that, that game when he came back from his broken leg, game one versus the Buccaneers, the night they raised the banner to start the 2021 season? Remember that one? Yep. He came back, and he damn near won it himself and looked terrific yeah. doing it. But Greg Zerline right? missed some kicks. Cost us the game. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm well aware of that. The Jets took him on after that. He just needs more of them. He needs the he need because you look at last season, and the team put points on the board. Yeah. They put points on the board. It was just those those interceptions just kept on cropping up, and not all of them were on him. He's not going to come out and say, you know, that one went off the hands of the guy. This one got tipped. This one got this. He just doesn't appear to be that. 350, 400 yard guy, three touchdown. Okay. Like, what he's got to do is come out and beat the Giants on opening night on Sunday night. Beat the crap out of them. <laughs> and come out 
and welcoming Aaron Rodgers and the Jets with the whole country coming in, home opener, 100,000 people in the Jones Mahal, and everybody thinking Aaron Rodgers has the Cowboys number, and it's like, nah, I'm Dak freaking Prescott, three, 300, 300, 350, three touches, no picks. Pass a rating, of, you know, north of 130. Very doable. 2-0, oh, you know? Then the Cowboys come out after that one. They're at Arizona and just mess with them. Just mess with them because they can. Then the Cowboys have New England at home. Take we, care Take care of the Patriots. They're 4-0. Go you know, like, then it's a Sunday night at San Francisco, and Dak Prescott shows up and says, I am not only an undefeated quarterback going at the team that has taken on the last two NFC championship game spots. And I'm an MVP. I'm the MVP of the National Football League. I'm Dak freaking Prescott. Dak MVP. I'm just saying, like, that's the sort of stuff he's he needs to do to in, in any way, shape, or form. You gotta have that and then confidence. and then take the Cowboys to the one seed or the two seed. And then go ahead and make a deep run. I'm not saying win at all. And you know, though, the the guy who, I don't think I just said anything out of the realm. He's got the playmakers on both sides of the ball to support what points he puts on the board. You know, run it a little bit too. Run it and throw it. Show like, okay, everybody's talking about Jalen Hurts in this division. Everybody's talking about Lamar Jackson throwing it more than he needs to run it more. But he can do both. And Deshaun Watson's coming back with that sort of game. And Herbert can throw on the move. You know, can do that. Dak freaking Prescott. Absolutely. I think Dak is pretty well respected when it comes to the lists. And if you look at the odds for MVP, he's tied for ninth. He's that's pretty Pretty high praise. Oh, that's a higher register. Who's in front of him? I think uh, the guys who are in front of him are, are, For the MVP are people you would expect. Aaron Rodgers, Lamar Jackson, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Herbert, Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, and Patrick Mahomes. I, I, honestly, if I'm sitting here, you're sitting here thinking, what the hell's Lamar Jackson done other than win an MVP before? Yeah, that kind of. <laughs> Pretty dynamic player in the league. Uh, I know, I know. Whose offense I get it. kind of is? I get it. He's the team. He's I'm the just offense. trying to. I'm trying to pump him up here. I'm caping, guys. He has the same. He has the same odds as Justin Fields and Tua. And just so he can make diamonds here out of the pressure, his owner's writing checks, not just for him, but with his mouth. We haven't talked about this. Settle down just a little bit, Mr. Jones. And me. We'll be showing up with his green, his uh, gold jacket, green jacket, gold jacket. (laughs) Quote: I will say that Philadelphia, and if you will, the Giants and Washington team. Yeah, I like that. They need to be on their game because we are. We're going to be on our game, and we will be improved. Over last year. I like it. Put it out there, man. We won 12 games last year. Put it out there. Dak was awesome in 2021. Yeah, I mean, like I said. 4,400 yards, 37 touchdowns, only the 10 picks. He was dynamite. The guy's got a 61 and 36 record as a starter. He's, I believe, 27 and 7 against the NFC East. You know, last year it just went a little sideways. It went very. Remember, he was coming off a broken thumb. But like, I, don't, I, don't, I don't want to make excuses. He was, hurt. he was still 8 and 4. 
Yeah, I mean, look, he, and he did. He threw, there were a lot of, uh, some very bad passes that he threw. But like you said, Rich, and I've said. He got to do it. Sometimes the ball gets tipped. Sometimes the receiver doesn't catch it. And sometimes I a route is I not it. run right. And I don't want to see the playing down of the competition Cowboys when they're 5-1, and 6-1. and one. Uh-uh. I want to see foot on the gas. I want to see that Dak and the Dallas Cowboys show up. I want to see 13-4. and four. I want to see going for this two seed and one seed, and they have the roster to be able to do it. I want to see them do it. And I want to see them go and beat Philadelphia and because Dak's going to say, okay, Jalen Hurts is, is, is the it guy now. He's paid now. I'm 40, my $40 million contract is now you know, peanuts on, on the dollar here. And I know I'm mixing my metaphors. <laughs> so, yeah. That's the Dak I want to see this year. Because that will shut everyone up. That's for damn sure. And all the Dak, you know. Hate. I'm seeing on, on the graphics, on the screen of all the all the, all of our uh, brethren across the. Uh, Starting off shows the, like. The sports is media Dak world. the most pressure. Like, no. no. Stop. Jerry Jones is not going to get rid of him unless it goes really south this year. But if you do a top five, most pressure, he's on it. I don't think so. I don't think so either. To Steve, Sarkeesian and Hutchinson coming up right here in hour number two. Who's your who, who's your top five under pressure? Dak, really? Because okay. he's right. I mean, Tony Romo had that job like a Supreme Court exactly. justice. And you know he doesn't get rid of he coaches. He doesn't do that. He doesn't get rid of quarterbacks. So, Because uh, what's he going to do? Is he going to start from scratch again? Yeah, who are we going to get? Uh, Let's just say we Caleb Williams. Yeah, you but know, we're not, not going to be bad it. enough to, to even I know that. Not be Caleb bad Williams. So. Uh, in no in no order, five quarterbacks who under are a lot of pressure. Josh Allen. I understand that. Justin Herbert. Aaron Rodgers. Oh Dak Prescott. Tua. No. Deshaun Watson. He That's, doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> I think pressure is about losing your gig. No, that's Baker not Mayfield is under pressure. No, he's not because no one expects anything. Kyler from him. Murray is under pressure. Coming back from an ACL. No, these are because, guys with expectations. Yeah, but the Kyler, Jets, no, Kyler, the Kyler Jets Murray win the Kyler, Super Bowl. Kyler Murray Rodgers is under pressure. If he doesn't perform well, the Jets are going nowhere. That's pressure. First of all, he's breathing. Okay, in and out, he'll breathe through it. <laughs> no, honestly, though, uh, Baker Baker Mayfield may not have another chance to start in the NFL ever again. Like, That's it, pressure. No one's expecting year when I anything Carson from Wentz them. was under pressure. Where's Carson Wentz this year? Uh, yeah, ATC selling jewelry in the middle of the mall somewhere. Maybe I don't know. He's not in the, that's pressure. I agree with Rich on this. The Bucks are the last place to win their division. No one's expecting Baker Mayfield to do anything. Not pressure. Hour number two coming up to two Steves. Head coach of the Texas Longhorns, Steve Sarkeesian, when we come back. <laughs> 